0: You're listening to Empowered Voices, a podcast by myself, Olivia Smith, and my co-host, Zahra Ahmad, in association with the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre.
1: Before the war, everything was very good, very nice, going smoothly. The the, the country was uh, improving and growing up but when the war started, everything
0: smashed, destroyed. This is Farah Haddad. In the short time I spent with Farah, I feel like I learned a lot about her character. She has a warm, transparent personality. She is deeply passionate and empathetic. She has a huge family that she loves very much, some here and some back in her home country of Syria. We'll begin Farah's story in the city of Aleppo between 2011 and 2014. At the time, Farah was working as a biochemist and a medical sales representative, a challenging job for a Syrian woman, constantly surrounded by men of different religions and ethnic backgrounds. It was not
1: easy working as a, as a girl in as a sales representative, meeting a lot of clients who they are, men in different religions and different ethnicities. I got the challenge, and I, I was very good.
0: They told me that, not me. In March 2011, the Syrian war began. In light of the Arab Springs movement that swept through the Middle East and North Africa, the conflict in Syria is unlike that of its neighbouring countries. What began as peaceful protesting against the authoritarian government led by Bashar al-Assad has been dubbed by historians the Day of Rage. The start to a complex conflict that exceeded all forecasts and has created the largest refugee population in the world.
1: During that time, when we were in Syria with my family, we had a lot of problems there. The experience was very terrible and we were alone. Uh, my father passed away from a long, long time. So we have to still alive there. During a period of time, there is nothing, like even the food. Sometimes it was very hard to get something or essential things to stay alive. It was like a year, one day a year. Because you live in, in stressful life, in a afraid situation, always worry about uh,
0: family, friend, health. Syria is made up of many different religions and ethnic groups. This is a war that encompasses ideology, religion, and underpinned by a huge economic component. Assad's government has been dominated by Shia Alawis, and opposed by many Sunni Arabs. However, the war is far more complicated than simply Shias fighting for the government and Sunnis fighting for the opposition. Assad holds support from many people, such as Christians, Druze, and in fact many Sunnis. Ideologies cross over with many people from different backgrounds opposing Assad, regardless of religion. Brutality stems from many directions, putting civilians across ethnic and religious groups at risk.
1: I remember that we were in Aleppo uh, at our home. Uh, During the night, we woke up suddenly. We all were afraid, because there were a lots of bombs around us and just uh, no electricity, no gas, no petrol, nothing. Even the food was very, very hard to get some. Or maybe you can borrow from your neighbours or from your uh, friends as well, wine cucumber or swap between us. It's very hard time and tough time. Even if we want to travel, in Aleppo uh, there
0: was a time you can't travel to another city at all. Around this time, five to six percent of Syrians were Christian, making up almost 1.2 million people. As Christians living in Aleppo, Farah and her family were at great risk, fearful every day of being seen and killed by terrorists. They wore hijabs to get essential items, living in what Farah describes as very dark days. I have a lot of
1: friends who they are Muslims and we grow up together. We don't know that I'm Christian, you're Muslim. No, not like that at all. But when the war started, everything changed. So we were afraid from who very strict and
0: aggressively
1: to the religion.
0: Farah, her mother and her brother decided to leave behind their lives in Aleppo in hope of finding somewhere safer. They left in the night, heading towards the city of Tartus, a journey that can only be described as terrifying. What would normally be a four hour trip took Farah and her family more than eight as they had to avoid heavily terrorist controlled areas and road blockages.
1: When we were, Travelling, someone shooted to the bus. That moment, we couldn't imagine what we can say. Now it was like memories, but not good for us.
0: Around this time, Farah tells of a friend being kidnapped while taking this journey, only to be released a month later.
1: It's happened suddenly, and the driver said, everyone be under the chairs and... Please don't uh, move. Just stay under the chairs until we can pass this area. So it was around three minutes, but we felt it around one year. We
0: were all crying. Farah and her family made it to Lebanon, where they resided for around three years. As refugees, they were unable to work, gain an education, with the added strain of incredibly expensive living. It took around four years between Farah's family in Australia filling out the applications for Farah, her mother and her brother, and then being approved to arrive in Australia by plane.
1: Nowadays in Syria, I have friends there, and still I have my auntie and cousin over there. There is nowhere, no bumps or like that, but financially, it's horrible. It's very hard
0: to... To get the essential things for you, and the life is very expensive over there. Fleeing a country in a time of war is hardly a decision; rather, a necessity born from fear and survival.
1: It wasn't up to us at all, because the world destroy everything, and unsafe. So, how we can stay? We, we thought that. Maybe the world will finish one year, two years, three years, but now more than 11 years. We left everything there. Our house, our friends, even relatives. Uh, we all have the homesickness and uh, hopefully one day I can go there and see all of my friends, uh, my neighbors. We all uh, were together handling the situation, supported each other. That's the goal for us just to stay safe during the war. Yeah, so we are happy but still thinking about our country.
0: Farah now lives in Melbourne with her brother, her mother and much family from both sides.
1: It was not easy to start here. When we came, like, we don't know anything. It's, the system the, the diversity the everything is completely different than Syria, and uh, it was very hard to to get engaged you know everything is uh, different so slowly slowly, and uh, I have friends here they they support me i've learned a lot from them as well I asked. And then doing a lot of workshops and that, so I've I've learned a lot. So I have this passion uh, to support all the people who came as refugees or asylum seeker. To
0: find everything is easy. This passion to help others and learn prompted Farah's involvement with the ASRC and their community advocacy and power program.
1: They provide us a lot of sessions and a lot of people who are professionals with uh, like how to write a story, how to, to be confident in public speaking, a lot of that issue, uh, a lot of the um, things and that improve your skills as well by getting a lot of experience with the professionals.
0: The CAP program has instilled in Farah the confidence to tell her story and even more so. That her story is worthy of being told.
1: It's not easy to tell your story culturally, like uh, sometimes you feel it's not good or maybe the people will think, why are you talking about your country? But I'm not talking politically or like that. No, I'm talking about what I've experienced. I never thought that I will talk about my country one, a day, one day, but this is my experience. This is, this has improved me a lot to be what I am right
0: now. Farah has helped found a community of 23 young Syrian families called the Australian Jasmine Family Group in honour of the National Flower of Syria. This group is designed to support one another, share experiences and help find solutions to cross any barrier. My final question to Farah was about her hopes for the future, for herself and community.
1: For my community, hopefully fully to, to help all the people, not just my community, in any need or to pass to pass any barrier. And for me, I wanna just I wanna try to find job uh, because I have master degree as a biotechnologist. So after the lockdown finish, maybe I can apply for uh, being a researcher. And being someone who can help people in any field, like medically or environmentally or food industry or anything, because this is my studies. So that's all. And also to stay safe and healthy for me, for my family, friends, and be happy in this life.
0: Empowered Voices is a podcast made by myself, Olivia Smith, and my co-host, Zara Ahmad. These are the stories of refugees from different walks of life and different journeys. The people featured in this series were part of the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre Community Advocacy and Power Program. If you would like to know more about the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, you can visit their website at asrc.org.au.